0: Good morning. Good morning, everybody. And, uh, you know, we welcomed Emily, but could we just tell Emily, great job today, helping to lead worship. That was great. Thank you for that. Nobody ever whistled for me when I led worship. I just want to go on record about that. But uh, anyway, it's great to see everybody today. I'm excited about this new series that we're doing. Uh, you know, there was this uh, teacher... She was actually a kindergarten teacher, and she was trying to teach her students about self-esteem, and so she was doing it by asking everyone in the class, she said, everyone who thinks that you are dumb, would you please stand up? Everyone who thinks you're dumb. And she did it, of course, because she knew that no one would stand up, and she wanted them to know that, see there, nobody's dumb. But after a little while, one of the little boys named Johnny, he did stand up. And the teacher was a little flabbergasted by it. Didn't know quite what to do, and um, she said to him, "Johnny, do you really think you're dumb?" And uh, Johnny said, "Actually, no. I just didn't want you standing up there by yourself." Right, so, <laughs> anyway, I feel like I'm standing up here by myself this morning, but uh, it's really good to have all of you. We're going to start a series, just a little bit about life church. You know, some churches do what they call topical series, where you do a series on a topic, and some churches are all about expository preaching, which means you kind of go verse by verse through a book of the Bible, all that. Well, at Life Church, we actually do both. We actually do some series that are more topical. Uh, so, for instance, at Easter time, we did One Week to Live, where we traced the last week of Jesus' life uh, through the final seven days, and uh, we did that. But a couple times a year, I like to just go through a book of the Bible, kind of verse by verse. And so I'm really excited about this because it's a very uh, helpful, uh, practical book. It's the book of James. Um, And so we're going to begin starting that uh, today. And the first, the beginning of the book of James is about trials and temptation, trials and temptation. So we're just going to go ahead and, and dive right in. James chapter one, verses one and two says this. And by the way, if you have worship guides, there's a place where you can take notes in there, fill in the blanks, that'll help you uh, to, to remember some of what we are sharing today. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among greetings, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, I don't know about you, but that's kind of a bizarre statement, isn't it? Consider it pure joy. How many of you would just admit it? you'd have a hard time with that? Oh yeah, I got another trial coming along. I got another test in my life. Woohoo! <clears throat> but that's what James says. He says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of every kind. <clears throat> it helps to understand who James is talking to. When he greets them, he says, to the 12 tribes... Which are scattered abroad, and, we'll hear, and what's going on here is the very first Christian has just been killed, uh, and uh, the first Christian martyr has taken place. And as a result of it, Christians, as you can imagine, are just flying everywhere. They're just they're just running as fast as they can um, away from the scene. And what seemed to be a really terrible thing is really what helped the gospel to spread all over the world. But but here these guys are. They're, you know, it's, it'd be like running from ISIS. You know, I mean, they're they're killing them uh, for being Christians, and uh, so they're running and they're afraid. And this is one of the first, what's called the general epistles. This epistle is not written to a particular church. This is written to all the churches, to all those who are scattered abroad. Greetings, and so they are going through difficult times. And he says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Now. <clears throat> I learned this in the King James. How many of you grew up with the King James Bible? Consider it pure joy when you fall into... What did we learn in the King James? Divers' temptations. You know what? Divers' temptations. You know what divers' temptations are? Mermaids, I'm just saying. All right, think about it. No. That's That's not talking about temptations in the way we... That's actually talking about testings, trials, and diverse means diverse... Trials, different kinds of trials. I don't know why I said that, but anyway. So they're out of their comfort zones. But don't we also know that this is true, that, that, that without pain in our lives, we cannot reach new levels of our maturity and our development. We hate it, but we all know it. How many know I'm telling the truth? No pain, no... Right, no pain, no gain. So that's why he's saying, consider it pure joy when you fall into these uh, trials of every kind. You can't advance until the next class until you've passed some tests. Proverbs, I think it's on the screen, puts it this way, the crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. God doesn't test us because he, he wants to make us uh, squirm, and I don't even think that God puts us through trials in order to bring us to the next level. But the truth of the matter is, whether you are a believer or not, you will face trials. You know, uh, uh, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. All of us go through difficult times. The difference is trials can make us or trials can break us. So so how we handle trials is very significant. Romans puts it this way. In Romans chapter uh, 8, Paul said this. He said, all things work together for good to those that love the Lord, to those who are called according to his purpose. In other words, even the bad things work to our good. Sometimes bad things happen in people's lives and it just makes them go from bad to worse. And, 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 and it just seems like they pile on top of each other. But there is a redemptive quality about being a believer in Jesus Christ that trials, instead of working for our demise, actually work for our good. Somebody said amen. So be joyful because it's producing some good in stuff in you. And now, and now I've got some news for you. You will face trials. It's been said you are either in a trial... You're getting ready to go into one or you've just come out of one, (laughs) right? Every one of us have trials in our lives that we face. And so the first thing that if if you're taking notes today, the first thing that we need to understand is that we need to recognize what's really going on, what's really going on. Because when we face the trial, it's easy for us to get so caught up in the details of the difficulties that we're going through that we don't realize that embedded in that trial is the ability for God to bring us to a new level. James uh, 1, 2, and 3. Consider it others when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance is a lost virtue. Perseverance is the ability to keep on going when it seems like you shouldn't be able to keep on going anymore perseverance, perseverance is the ability to not quit. There's a lot of things in life that make you want to quit. There's a lot of things in life that make you want to give up. And, 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 and so perseverance is that quality, that virtue that just allows you to be strong and allows you to stand when people around you are falling. Why can you do that? Because you've endured trials of many kinds and it's produced that kind of perseverance in you because i heard somewhere that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. makes you stronger right and so these trials are not brought into our lives in order to kill us but they're they're brought into our lives in order to strengthen us so when we lift weights if we want to if we want to see measurably an improvement there we're going to have to increase the weight because without the pain that comes There's no gain. So, number two, we need to cooperate with God's growth process. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Romans 5, 3 and 4 says it this way. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character produces hope. Now, how about that? People that walk around with hope in their lives are people who have survived trials. Knew that it didn't kill them. It produced perseverance in their lives. It produced character in their lives, and it produces hope in them because they know this is that. Oh, this is just another trial. I see. We see what's really going on here. God must really. Hey, by the way, God must really trust me. He's he, he's increased the temperature in my life because he must have a new level uh, for me to go to. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may ha- have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, gold perishes, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is, re- is revealed. So the good news is you're becoming more mature when you face trials of many kinds. Uh, I'm going through a trial right now I'm going I'm going through a test in my life right now and uh, all of us you know we'll go through tests you'll go through one you're getting ready to go through uh, but but the next thing that that James says that we need to do is we need to ask for wisdom James 1 5 if you lack wisdom if, if any of you lack wisdom he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given him It's interesting that James doesn't ask for endurance, he asks for wisdom. Because what's really needed when you're going through a trial is not just endurance, but it's the wisdom to understand, oh, I see, this is in my life to produce character in me, and I need the wisdom to understand that, and the wisdom is going to create the endurance. I don't need to just stand it, but I need the wisdom to understand that God is at work in my life. Tough times won't last, but tough people will. Tough times won't last, but 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 if you're if you're strong, you will last and you and you will endure even though even though the heat gets turned up in your life. And then keep a good attitude. James 1, 6 through 7. When he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like the wave of a sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. There's probably no greater synonyms to the word attitude in terms of scripture than faith. Faith is really about having the right attitude about things. And, and whatever your attitude is, your attitude is going to affect your altitude. However your attitude is, that's going to affect how far you can go, uh, how much that you're going to be able to, to stand in life, uh, the, the, uh, the, the levels that you're going to be able to go in life is going to be all uh, as a result of your attitude. James 1.12, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. We all know people who, uh, who, who, are, who go through a trial and you can tell it by their attitudes. Have you ever noticed? Uh, uh, you you, know, you shake hands during welcome time. How are you doing today? Uh, it's been a, it's been a ridiculous week. It's been, you, you you know what I'm talking about. We all know people who wear what they're going through in their attitudes, and James is saying, when you go through these trials, it's a great time to exercise faith, and it's a great time to say that things are not always going to be the way that they are right now, and hey, I can consider it pure joy when I go through these, because God is working out something in my life. Hmm. I mentioned that, um, I mentioned that, uh, La- that we 're going through a trial right now, last Sunday was one of those kind of tough pastoral Sundays because it was memorial Day, and it uh, seemed like and and, I, and this is not a criticism. I want you to go on vacation and I expect people to leave in the summer and all that, but you just all chose the same sunday that 's all i 'm saying you know <laughs> everyone just picked the same Sunday, and we just we were just short on everybody you know we were just trying to field a team on Sunday morning, and it was it was tough, and we had we had guests coming in. We had uh, um, the, what's the group that Teen Challenge came last week? They came to sing and all of that, and uh, it was just kind of an endurance kind of Sunday, you know. I'm just being honest here, um, and uh, so I was I was here, and uh, the service had begun, and suddenly I looked down. Or actually, my wife Melanie walks up to me and says, "Pastor Hardwick is here." <clears throat> Now, Pastor Hardwick is like probably the biggest mentor in my life. He pastored a a, a kind of a smaller church in Nashville, Tennessee, and God blessed it, and it grew, and it grew to like 5,000 people, and he was there for over 50 years. And when I was a young minister, he took me under his wing, and he mentored me, and when, when I was looking for a church, it was he that directed me to Illinois to pastor the church that I pastored for 20 years he preached the dedication of our church when we built the new sanctuary there. He's just had one of those uh, incredible influences in my life, and even when we came here to, to Tennessee, he actually met with some of the uh, board members and recommended me uh, to come here to Tennessee. Sorry about that, guys, but <laughs> blame him. Uh, but anyway, Brother Hardwick he just has that kind of influence on my life. So, and and just to be frank about it, he's getting he's getting pretty old. He's eighty five years old. He's still sharp in some ways, but he's forgetting things. He asked me several times last Sunday if I was still pastoring, even though he just saw me up in front of the church. But yet he can hold a very uh, cogent conversation. Uh, His wife, Carol, um, came up to Melanie after church and said, the reason we're here today is I was going through my stuff and I found this picture of you And Melanie and Noah, us holding Noah as a baby. And I said to Pastor, we've got to go see them. And they just drove from Nashville, Tennessee. They came and they, uh, and they, um, and so, so when they came, frankly, you know, when, when you're going through a trial, how many know it's wonderful to take things to the Lord, but it's good, uh, the way I describe it, it's good to find somebody with skin on that you can share your stuff with. You know what I'm talking about? Somebody with skin on that cares about you and all that. And Pastor Hardwick would be that guy for me. He would be that guy uh, that I would share that kind of stuff with. But frankly, I haven't really wanted to share with him what's going on in my life uh, because, you know, he's just at a certain age and I didn't want to bother him and and, uh, but yet they came, they said that, and Melanie said to me, we got to talk to the Hardwicks. <clears throat> so um, so we had them over for dinner uh, last, last Sunday uh, evening. And um, while they were there, they just ministered to us and just prayed for us. And it was exactly what we needed. We sang around the table, and we cried, and we prayed, and we just had a wonderful time. And, and Carol Hardwick, uh, his wife, shared just a word that she felt like she had been given during a a difficult trial of her own. And I share it with you this morning because it was really a great word for me and it really goes along with what we're saying this morning. And she said it this way, don't complain of the squeeze lest you bitter the wine. Don't complain of the squeeze lest you bitter the wine. I think that really sums up well what James is saying here. When you're going through trials of all kinds. Of, uh, don't, don't complain of the squeeze that you're in because God is producing something really, really good out of that. And that just so encouraged us, you know, just to keep on keeping on, just keep on, keep having a good attitude. Just walk through that trial because you know what? God's producing something good. And turn to your neighbor and say, God's doing something good in your life. That's right. That, that, that's what's going on here. And now we move to the two, we go from trials right into temptations in James. Temptations are different from trials, because God's all about trials. He, he uses trials and tests in our lives. But the first thing that we're asked to do is we're asked to recognize the source of temptation in our life. James 1.13 says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. I think one of the greatest deceptions of the day that we're living in is we we are living in a generation where people can casually say that they believe in God, whether they um, belong to a church or not. But I'll tell you what's really gone out of vogue, and that is believe in the devil. Believe in the devil. So people will believe, oh, I believe in God, but obviously there's no devil. And I would just say that, that probably one of the devil's greatest strategies is for us to think that he's not real. Because if you don't know who your enemy is, you're you're sunk. You have no idea how to defeat that enemy. The scripture says that your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil's job is to tempt us. Even Jesus himself was tempted by the devil. And we have that that great uh, scripture where, where he defeats the devil in the wilderness and he tempts him. But it's really interesting. Even when the devil leaves Jesus, he said it left him for another opportune time. In other words, the devil is looking for opportune moments. He, he caught Jesus in a fast, in a 40 day fast. He's weak, he's, he's down. You know, th- that's an opportune time, he thinks. The devil's looking for opportune times in which he can tempt us. But we have to understand the process of temptation uh, in your notes. James 1, 14 and 15. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he's dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. And and so, if we understand the process of how the devil does it, the first thing that the devil does is is he tempts us. He tempts us. He comes by and asks us to do something we know that it's not right for us to do. He wants us to sleep with this one, drink this, smoke this, steal this, do whatever this is, whatever it is, the temptation that that is taken, that, 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 that... and by the way, each of us have each of us have a weak spot, and the enemy knows our weak spots. And, uh, and Paul put it this way: the sin that does so easily beset us. Satan knows your your go to your, your go to temptation, the one that he can and, and the one that he can get you with is not the one that he can get me with, and it's not the one he can get you with. But 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 Satan knows that there are sins that easily beset us, and so first thing we're tempted. But then the next thing that happens is fantasy. Fantasy is when we imagine how our life would be better if we did that. And that's exactly what it is. It's a fantasy. Temptation's gonna happen. I love the way that Martin Luther put it. Martin Luther said this, you can't keep the birds from flying over your heads, but you don't have to build a nest for them in your hair. Think about that. You can't keep the birds from flying over your head. In other words, temptations are going to come. They're going to fly over your head. But fantasy is when you you entertain it, when you build a nest for it, when when you ruminate on it, when when you just continually think about it, and you begin imagining how my life would be better if I just did this. And then the next thing is we move towards sin we we often don't just immediately go into sin but we just get closer we just start flirting with it we just we just get as close as we can and maybe the lord sent me here today to talk to somebody who has not yet crossed the line in the sin but you've moved closer and the word of god to you today is as fast as you can run run away from run away from that thing uh, that you've been Building a nest in your hair about. You've been thinking about. You've been moving toward. You're just a bite of the apple away from it. So moving towards then. There's a movie called The Village. In which the young, the young people in the, in, the, uh, in the village. Are told not to go into the woods. That there's bad things that happen out in the woods. And, and I thought it was so telling. The The, the, the boys. Develop a game, and the game is how close can I go to the woods without going in? Isn't that the way that life works? How close can I get to the world, and still it not be sin? And, and by the way, that's a that's a young person's question. Um, how, how how much can I get away with? What what's 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 uh, what's allowed? You know you know. Uh, uh, where are the lines, pastor? Where are the lines? And, and I would just say, I, I would just say, stay as far from the edge of the cliff as you can. I, I know an older Christian writer who, who, who wrote a book I read uh, Gordon MacDonald is his name. And he said, we're never far from the edge of the cliff. It doesn't matter if we're young or if we're old. Temptation's still going to come. And there's still those opportunities in one moment to, to blow it. And, and, and so uh, the question shouldn't be, how close can I get to the world? How far, how, how far towards sin can I move? But how close can I get to God? The move towards sin. And then there's the act of sin itself. And here's what I want to say about the act of sin itself. You're in a church today that believes that Jesus loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. You're in a church today that believes that if you have fallen down seven times, you can get up the eighth time. You're in a church today that believes that that, 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 that some of you are sitting here under a load of condemnation. I, I just came to tell you this morning it's not over and that God is not finished with you yet, and God has a great plans for your life. The scripture says that a righteous man falls down 7 times and he gets up 8. But if we fail to get back up, if we fail to move away, the last the last place that sin leads us is to death. Sometimes physical death. Sometimes sin can literally lead us physically to die as a result. Of the sin that we've been doing, but there's other kinds of death. it could be relational death, it could be financial death, it could be spiritual death, it could be the death of a dream. But death is where this leads so this is this is serious stuff that james is James is sharing here, so we've got to learn how to overcome temptation James 1, 16 and seventeen says "Don't be deceived, my dear brothers." Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, and, uh, who does not change like shifting shadows. It almost sounds like he's starting a new subject here, but he's not. What James is saying is, God's got tools for you. He's got gifts for you to help you to overcome the evil one in your life. That, God, that God's desires and his plans for you are all good. Did you know that God thinks you're Amazing. Did you know that God, that, that, that God loves you more than you could possibly imagine? And, and God has gifts for you to help you to overcome uh, the evil one. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I love the scripture, says, No temptation has seized you except what is as common to man. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted above what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide you a way of escape so that you can stand up under it this is not in your notes but i just want to share with you just some helpful helpful tips that i would just give you about overcoming sin and i would say this avoid harmful influences i i just got to tell you who you're friends with is pretty critical show me your friends and i'll show you your future who, who you hang around with who who it is that who it is that gets the opportunity to speak in your life now, now, now don 't get me wrong, Jesus was a friend of sinners, and we should be friends of sinners, but jesus didn 't spend the majority of his time with sinners. He spent the majority of his time with his disciples, encouraging one another, teaching one another, building one another up. And it's, and it's important for us to have relationships with people who are outside of the body of Christ. But I'm just telling you, if you want to succeed and you, and, and you want to uh, to be a winner in life, be really careful about who gets to influence you. Choose your friends wisely. And, and counter temptation with god 's word counter temptation with god 's word. I was at a seminar one time when I was a kid, and we were we were talking about memorizing god 's word and and so uh, we were encouraged as you go to bed at night, just just start quoting yourself scriptures and and uh, the the person that was teaching the seminar said it's like a cleansing of your of your mind and a renewing of your mind and and he, he said something kind of strange. He said, now, you might have bad dreams at first when it happens because, because there's a resistance to that. But if you start having bad dreams, he said, just start quoting that scripture again and watch what happens. So I'm a young person, and I had just memorized this scripture from the King James Version. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is his common demand. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with that temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it so i was going to bed just quoting that scripture over and over uh in my mind and 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 when i did i i had i had the weirdest dream i ever had i was living in minnesota i was doing a ministry intern uh, at a church and um while i was sleeping I feel like the Apostle Paul. Whether I was awake or asleep, I knew not. It was very strange. I I, I heard something coming down the stairs. Felt something in my room, and it was tempta—it was like temptation personified. I mean, it just felt like evil in the room, and. And I immediately just woke up and I said, There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, and God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted but above your able, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And as soon as I said that, I felt that presence leave. I felt a peace in the room. It's never come back again. But the the word of God, in fact, when Jesus was resisted by the devil, he came back to the devil every time with the word of God. When he tried to tempt him with bread, he said, Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Come at the evil one with the word of God. Somebody put it this way. When the devil devil reminds you of your past, you remind the devil of his future. Right? Amen. And develop healthy relationships. It's really important to us to have some people in our lives that we can talk to when we're tempted. You've got to have healthy relationships. And and by the way, that's why we have small groups at the church. It's not just so that you can study more scriptures. We we unabashedly say that the reason for small groups, we want you to study the Bible, we want you to share testimonies, all that at the group. But the number one reason we have it is so that you can develop relationships within the church. Because we've got to have those kind of people in our lives that we can say, Man, I'm really struggling with this. What do I do about this? And we've got to have open, honest relationships with people that we can talk to and open our souls to about the deep things that are going on in our lives. Now, just before I share with you the last point, I want to give you the scripture because once I give you the point, you won't pay attention to the scripture. So I'm going to give you the scripture first. James one eighteen. He chose to give birth us by giving us his true word and we out of all creation became his prized possession Jesus is crazy about you a lot of times we think that the best way to avoid sin is just to, to try harder But the last point I want to share with you is if you really want to work at at avoiding sin, fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus. There's there's a passage of Scripture in John 14 that says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I think we read that wrong sometimes because John is a love chapter. But I think we read it, If you love me, you'll obey me. Kind of like, you know, with your kid. If you love me, you'll do that. But I don't think that's what John is saying. I think John is saying, if you love me, that's going to come natural to you. If you love me, you will keep my commands. Jesus wants to have an intimate and loving relationship with him. Maybe you're here today, and the word for you is I'm going through a trial right now. And I need to relook at this and look at it with all joy to know that God is moving me to a new level and He's working some good stuff in my life, and I'm learning about perseverance, and I'm learning about character development. He's producing hope in me. And others here today, you may need just to hear the word of God that Jesus loves you and he's crazy about you and it, with in your struggle with temptation, he just says, "Come to me." so with every head bowed and every eye closed today i just want to I just want to pray for us and there's someone here today that would just say, "I just want to make Jesus number one in my life for some of you, this may be a maybe a crossing the line of faith, but for some of you, it might be a rededication of your life, but you just raise your hand and say, I just want you to be number one in my life, and I want to quit flirting with the world, and I just want to get closer to you. If that's you in this place today, would you just raise your hand in this building right now? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for new commitments today and new starts and fresh starts with you. And I just pray, Lord, that more and more we would just fall in love with you, God, that we would find friends in our lives, God, that we could be open to and accountable to. And Lord, maybe there's some people that we just need to probably not spend time with, God, and cut off, Lord, so that we can draw closer to you and I just pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that as we study this practical word from James, Lord, God, that you would just keep building us up. We love you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. If you're new to Life Church, we, we take the offering at the end, so I'm going to ask the ushers to come. And if you're a guest, we don't ask you to give in the offering, but if you would mind, wouldn't would mind just putting those guest cards uh, in the offering plate as they go by, we just want to send you a reminder about our uh, Discover Life class and invite you to that. But uh, it was really good having all of you today. But we're going to sing this song again And as the ushers, um, uh, before, you, before you start, we're going to have a word of prayer. And then um, during this song, if you need special prayer, if you want to come forward, you're welcome to do that. We'll pray with you today. And um, let's just go to the Lord right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to us, God. We ask in Jesus' name that you would bless your people, Lord, as they give. We just ask, Lord, that you would open the windows of heaven for those, Lord God, who are struggling financially right now. And we just ask, Lord God, that you would just give to them, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And We just pray for these, Lord God, that uh, have made new commitments today, Lord. I just pray that today would just be a fresh beginning and a fresh start. We just thank you for your presence. we felt in your house all day today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. Let's all stand. The ushers are coming. We're going to sing this song we sang early. It is well with my soul.